0: This year marks the 35th anniversary of the Beastie Boys first album, Licensed to Ill. In fact, it's probably about year 36. But regardless, it's been around for some time. So have the Beastie Boys, and they are one of my all time favorite groups. And yet had someone told me back when I was a newbie listener to this band that someday they would become great teachers As I saw them, I would have laughed. I could not have imagined that they would be as profound teachers of how to live life authentically, flexibly and keeping their relationships intact. And that's really what I want to speak about. Those three things, their flexibility, their authenticity and their abilities to keep their relationship so solid. Adam Horvitz also known as King Ad Rock, Mike Diamond, also known as Mike D, and of course, Adam Yauch, also known as MCA. Sadly, as many of you know, MCA died in 2012 of cancer, and the two remaining beasties did a wonderful show simply called The Beastie Boys Story on Apple TV. It was so good that I've watched it three times, no joke. It just feels great to watch these men describe their history, their evolution, and rock those three tenets of psychology that I think are so important that flexibility, that authenticity, and really focusing on relationship. You know, I remember when I first laid eyes on License to Ill, it had just come out. It was one of those moments in music when I knew everything was about to change. And one of the things they talk about in this story is. How, at their very beginnings, they were just some kind of creative, self described misfit punks who created a punk band and decided to just try stuff. And so, in spite of the fact that they were in a punk band, they had the flexibility to say, you know what, let's try this rap thing. And they had really no basis for being rappers, but they went for it anyway. And it seems as though they just, decided to fake it until they made it, which, as you know, in psychology is one of our axioms, fake it till you make it, fake it till you become it. They definitely did that. They took themselves not so seriously. They had a good sense of humor. They were really inspired by some of the great comedians, tried to add levity to their lyrics. And when they created License to Ill, they were kind of goofing on the people who would become their fans when they wrote Fight for Your Right And lo and behold, the exact people that they were kind of goofing on became their biggest fans. And they began to change and become like the people they were goofing on. They had lost their authenticity for a minute and they exploded. They weren't even 25 years old, but they became one of the world's biggest bands. A lot of energy, a lot of attention for some young kids, a little bit of contemplation to Kind of regroup and figure out who they were and what they were about. And that was what happened when they recorded their second album, Paul's Boutique. Sadly, this was something of a flop sales wise, but it remains one of my all time favorite albums. It was authentic, it was their actual voice, it was what they were about, and it was attracting, well, people who they were trying to attract, people more who were similar to their values of creativity and just kind of, as they describe it, kind of the misfits, the punks, the artists, the sensitive ones, perhaps, who would go out and want to do something a little bit different, maybe a little bit non-mainstream, a little bit weird. And that was reflected, sadly, in the sales. But somebody in the audience, I believe it was David Cross, the great comedian, referred to Paul's Boutique as being Their version of Pet Sounds, for those of you who know about the Beach Boys, incredible artistic achievement. Others may even compare it to kind of like the White Album in terms of just creativity. It was a breakthrough album. I'm not sure that the public was really ready for it. I know I love it. And to this day, it remains one of my all time favorites. And in the midst of their having flopped and used all of their cash, they Regrouped again and decided to start playing instruments on their albums and really taking things into a new direction, having absolutely no idea where things would go. But they remained friends. They remained close. They communicated well. They relied on each party to do what they were supposed to do. They leaned fairly heavily on MCA and his creativity, but Mike D and Ad Rock carried their weight more than their weight. But the funny thing about MCA is he would be coming back with these ideas about making videos about the Dalai Lama and Buddhism and women's rights. And at one point, they became super, super advocates for these causes. They became really, really into women's rights. They became into making sure that doing everything they could to help Tibetan causes it was really quite an evolution and it was authentic. One of the things that really caused me to smile though, is that for them to do anything, all three of them had to sign off. If two out of three were game and one of them wasn't, it was a no go. All three of them always had to sign off. They remained friends the entire time. They never broke up. That's incredible. Given the amount of tension and drama that can transpire when people are collaborating on artistic pursuits, this is highly unusual and it really speaks to them being great communicators, committed to the friendship itself. It's really quite incredible. At one point, Adam Horowitz, also known as Ed Rock, was asked if he was being a bit of a hypocrite since he had been the singer of a song on their very first album called Girls. It was intended to be a joke, but it was very misogynistic in nature. And as a man who had recently found his voice as an advocate for women, he said, I would rather be a hypocrite than be the same person forever. That's a really profound moment. And one of the things that Mike D talked about in the show was that was when he realized that his friend was a man of true integrity. I'm going to repeat that. Adam Horowitz, King Ed Rock, said that he would rather be considered a hypocrite than be the same person. Forever. That's a real sign of flexibility, cognitive flexibility. One of the things that you hear me talk about a lot with my guests, and even on my own when I'm on this podcast, is the idea of cognitive flexibility versus cognitive rigidity. If they had been cognitively rigid, they would have just stayed the fight for your right frat party boys for the rest of their lives. But no, they evolved. They changed and they really became more of who they truly were. They allowed for that to unfold. One of the other things that I took great delight in, and I hope that you watch this show, is that they really cared a lot about fashion and doing really just weird stuff with clothes. That was part of their aesthetic. You'll see somebody who calls himself Nathaniel Hornblower. I have reason to believe that was MCA, who was the person who was directing the videos, he pretended to be a cousin of MCAs from Switzerland. I think it's readily apparent that they're one in the same, (laughs) kind of an Andy Kaufman-esque adventure that they went on. And he would create these beautiful works of art with their fashion, with their sound, with their incredible sense of humor. Any of you who have seen any of their videos will know, whether it's Sabotage or Intergalactic. I mean, these are funny, creative, and such cool videos. And this incredible coolness, this ability to genre bend and be authentic to who they were, was the byproduct of just hours and hours of trying stuff out. I remember seeing them in various phases thinking, oh my gosh, so this is who the Beastie Boys are now. So here I am, the year is 2022. I'm looking at these three men as being paragons of three psychological traits that I consider to be some of the highest things that a human being can aspire to. That flexibility, that authenticity, and that willingness to remain in relationships. Just tip my hat to the Beastie Boys now and forever. Love their music. Love who they are as people. And I hope that you will find their work as inspiring as I have. All right. That's the end of this episode. And I'll look forward to sharing an interview with you next week. I hope you enjoyed this solo. This is Dr. Adam Dorsey, thanking you for listening to Super Psyched. If you know anyone who might like it, or who might benefit from listening, share it. And if you like the episode, please hit subscribe.